Welcome in to the Full Tilt Devi podcast on the Full Tilt Podcast Network. And I'm not behind the camera anymore. I'm actually back, which is really fun because it is my first show with our special guest, Aaron Wilcox. As always, joined by that guy, John Arrington. I mean, he's he's just over there. So that's all fine and dandy. <laughs> but guys, college football season is officially over. No, we, we got to get the championship game in uh, first. Like, I, I know they did the exhibition uh, last week, but we need the actual game to happen now. Oh, goodness. I wish that we could have just stopped at the semifinals and just said, everybody knows what's going to happen. Can we just end with actual good football? <laughs> right. Fortunately, the NFL playoffs are here, and they're bringing out a whole bunch of backup quarterbacks in playoff games, so we know we're going to get more good football. Ah, that's, that's wonderful. How are you all doing tonight? I'm doing I'm well. doing excellent. And uh, thank you once again for Aaron for jumping in. Unfortunately, Andy is kind of having to take a step away from the uh, the pod for a little bit. Uh, you know, he's having some family uh, troubles, and and so we we want to go ahead and, and take a second and think about him, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, he has some stuff going on. You can check out his Twitter if you want to find out. Um, I mean, he put it out there, so I don't need to go into de- details, but he did. Um, just let him know if you're a listener of the show, if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy him and you know his uh, analysis and commentary and whatever else, just make sure you reach out, let him know you're thinking of him, praying for him, whatever. Uh, he's going to be with us here and there, but he just can't really commit to anything right now. Uh, so thank you very much to, for Aaron for jumping on again, helping us out. Aaron is probably going to be helping us out as much as he can uh, while Andy is is doing his thing. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed last week with Aaron and I taking over and doing the Debbie devotional thing. But tonight we're back to the full tilt Debbie pod and uh, we're going to be doing a, uh, a 2023 Debbie mock draft. So we're getting rid of all of those players that are jumping in the draft. I guess we don't know every single player yet, but we're kind of hoping and guessing and assuming uh, we know a couple players have come back. One player came back and then got kicked out, and he's back in uh, to the NFL draft. <laughs> but we're going to be going over that, you know, helping. There's a lot of people already diving into these Debbie uh, mock or not Debbie mock drafts, but Debbie startup drafts, I should say. And so we're going to try and help you if that's your goal is to get into that, into a C to C league, that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some of these 2024, 25, and even 2026 players that we talked about last week. But once again, Aaron, how are you doing tonight? And uh, just in case we have anyone that didn't listen last week, why don't you give us a little refresher on who you are and what you're doing? Absolutely. So so I also podcast with John. We're over over at the Debbie Devotional at the Dynasty Monocle podcast. And well, well, basically, I love talking C2C Debbie. And I think that this mock draft is very applicable to both formats. So for example, in C2C leagues, when you're playing Campus to Canton, many of the early rounds, you are selecting primarily Debbie assets, the guys who are very much projectable, or at least have a lot of NFL potential in those early rounds. So this is good for anybody who's looking at those leagues and I'm just excited to be here with you guys tonight. Thank you for having me on. Fantastic. Uh before we get into the mock draft though, I guess we do have to talk about the game 
I mean, the <laughs> biggest blowout in bowl season history, and it happened to be the national championship game. I mean, we saw a bunch of defensive prospects that we know are surefire first round picks uh, for Georgia just absolutely feast. And then a whole bunch of freshmen came in and did the exact same thing. So that's really fun as a Tennessee fan getting to watch all of that, uh, knowing what's coming down the pipe. But there were a couple of players who, whether you were playing Debbie fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football, or even redraft that we are definitely paying attention to. Uh, one of them was the one that we're all watching the most is Quentin Johnston for TCU, followed closely by Kendra Miller. But Stetson Bennett put on one of the greatest performances we've seen by a quarterback, just statistically speaking, in the national championship game. How do we feel about his future in the NFL? What is his ceiling? And then what is his floor? And where do we expect it for him to fall in the middle there? Uh, I'll go ahead and start here. Uh, I think his ceiling is a NFL backup QB, and I think his floor is not an NFL backup QB. <laughs> I, I think that he is uh, not very good. He had a good game a la Nick Foles in the Super Bowl a few years ago, like something to that effect. Everyone can put together that type of game every once in a while. It's consistently doing it. You know, that's when you become an actual NFL stud, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I just I don't think he has has it. I saw something actually posted it with uh, Aaron in a group chat. It, it, uh, they said somebody said that it, there's rumors out there that if he was like three or four inches taller, he would be the 101 in the NFL draft. But because he's 5'11", and I'm like, come on, guys, like it has nothing to do with his height. He's just not that good. I don't think anybody would still have him over uh, Will Levis, though, unfortunately. So still can't get to that tier of NFL prospect. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I don't need to rehash what John said there. And I mean, yes, he was surprisingly good this year. I mean, he did take a little bit of a step forward this season. I just don't really see that future. But I think he could be efficient as an, as a backup and somebody that teams will like because he has that winning history. And also just because, I mean, he's pretty accurate. He's pretty mobile. He's got a lot of things that you like. But yeah, at 5'11", 190, I mean, he's not Bryce Young out there. You know, he's just not that caliber of guy. Um, so yeah, a backup is is reasonable for him in the future. So obviously he won more than Jake Fromm and Aaron Murray, but I looked at those two players as better quarterbacks for their teams than Stetson Bennett. Uh, do we feel like he can eclipse what their career was just because he, he can win no matter what he's winning games. You can argue how much that of the winnings attributed to him, but at the end of the day he gets wins. So yeah. Jake Fromm, Aaron Murray, where is he falling there? I, I would say that he probably falls better than them just because we, we kind of saw how their careers unfolded, right? <laughs> Not very impressive. So all Bennett needs is, let's say, an injury or, or two comes along at the quarterback position. He takes over for a decent team and leads them maybe to the playoffs, like Case Keenum or, you, you know, you name some of these guys that kind of one-hit wonders to a degree. And he could capture some success because he's been successful running a – um, well, I don't want to say like an autopilot, but you know, just a team that has a lot of talent around it. So I think that, yeah, he could have a better future than those guys, but still, is it high upside for us looking at our dynasty C to C Debbie rosters? No, I, I would not expect that. 
Yeah, I think he's a little bit more mobile than those guys, and so maybe that leads to a little higher ceiling. But once again, I really do think the NFL backup is his ceiling and that, you know, I, I'm not talking about the Brock Purdy kind uh, where they come in and all of a sudden turn into Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm talking about the career backup. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Outside of the national championship game though, there was some more news that we're paying attention to paying attention to in particular for college football. That is Blake Corum. He announced that he is coming back to Michigan for his senior season. He was looked at probably as a, day two, early day three pick in the NFL draft. How do we feel about him coming back both for Devi from a Devi perspective? And then for him personally, like, was that the right decision for him to come back to Michigan? Go ahead, Aaron. I'm fine with it from a Devi perspective. He obviously didn't get some rave reviews. I I'm assuming, or maybe there was just that uncertainty of if he'd be able to participate in anything this offseason, um, or at least, you know, the combine, pro days, things like that. So there was obviously some concern there prompting him to return to school. Personally, I, I kind of hate it. It blocks Donovan Edwards, who's also a talented back at Michigan. Um, for him as a, as a decision, we're going to have to see how this plays out because it, it's a little bit murky. I, I think there's a chance that Corum splits a little bit more and more work this next year coming off of that injury and with Donovan Edwards developing another season and he's more of a three down guy like I think he's going to be vying for more touches in that backfield so from a C to C perspective maybe Corum takes a slight hit as far as workload um, goes but ultimately his NFL future I still think he can have success this next year and end up being like a day two caliber NFL back. Yeah, I really think it's all about the injury. I mean, he was fast-tracked to the NFL. He was going to be – I highly doubt he was going to be a first-round pick, but I, I think he could easily be a second- or third-round pick um, at the very latest. And it's just the the timing of the injury. He had to have surgery. I don't think it was major, major surgery, but every surgery is somewhat major. So, um, unfortunately, there was recovery time. And then, you know, was he going to be at full strength or full speed or full whatever for the combine and things like that? And being that he's five foot eight and somebody's always going to mention his size and, and things like that at the, you know, whether it's for the NFL draft or for fantasy purposes, I think he couldn't, he couldn't afford to have anything not be a hundred percent. And so he's coming back and he's like, he's, you know, putting it in his own hands, kind of like a Chris Olave did, you know, a different position, but kind of the same thing, you know, like I didn't quite have the season I wanted. I'm going to go back and I'm going to make things better for the, you know, for next year. Uh, but Real quick, I just want to say I have Blake Corm. I don't have him in any Debbie leagues, but I have him in a C2C league. And I fell in love so much more with the C2C format because of this thing. Because in Debbie, oh no, Corm's not going. Now I have to wait a whole other year before you know anything happens. In C2C, it's like, oh cool, I get another player back for my campus squad. You know, it's like it's it's really not a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. I'm like, oh cool, like I just have another good running back, quality running back for my for my campus squad that I thought was going to be on the NFL side. Now that might hinder my NFL side a little bit, but I, I love that. So uh, it's just one more notch and why you should jump into a C to C league because it's so much fun. And that's just a cool aspect. Like nothing truly, truly hurts you when it's this kind of stuff. Fair enough. Uh, how are you feeling about the running back class overall now with Blake Corum, who was looked at as one of the top five running backs, arguably depending on who you ask, in the entire class, are you a little bit like 
more down on this class or are you still fine be, just because of the sheer depth of running backs that were coming out this year? I'm perfectly fine with it. Like if anything, it might actually be better for the 2024 class. Not to say that it was bad or anything like that. Like I love the 2024 class as well, but I mean, this 23 class for running back purposes is amazing. Like it's just solid studs, depth, everything. Whereas this past year we had, you know, one or two studs and then really like a bunch of crap depth depth, you know, like some decent players. This time we have like actual quality depth where these players could be starters for teams for a long period of time, that kind of thing. So it, as far as the running backs are concerned, I'm perfectly fine with the the 23 class. And it's not really changing my mind all that much, even though I do like Coram and he would have been high up for me. Fair enough. Yeah, all right. We're going to take a quick, Oh, sorry. We're going to take a quick break before we get started on our 2023 Devi Fantasy Football mock draft. Do you think Hendon Hooker is a day two pick or do you think he's going to fall beyond that? With the guys that are being pushed up there, Anthony Richardson, Levis, it's like how many quarterbacks are actually going to be selected between day one and day two? And that's why I'm starting to lean. Maybe he won't get selected till maybe the fourth round, similar to like what Sam Howell. I think that Hendon Hooker should be selected by round three at least. There's a lot of quarterback needy teams out there, and he could probably be uh, at least a helpful backup, if not maybe a potential starter at some point. But, I mean, he's old enough, too, where, I mean, injury, age, NFL teams are going to be a bit scared. So I actually lean towards not, though I think logically he probably deserves to be a late day two guy. And that was from last week's episode where Aaron was filling in for the very first time. So thank you so much, Aaron, for doing that. Absolutely great show. You all can check out all of our content on our YouTube page. It's just at Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast on YouTube. You can check us out at truenorthfantasyfootball.com backslash full tilt. And then you can find every single piece of our content at Fantasy Points Media Group. All the tools you need for your fantasy football leagues, you can find it there. They have so much content that covers every little piece of fantasy football that you could possibly imagine. This is the place to be if you are trying to win your fantasy football leagues. And make sure you check out our... Is it our sister podcast? Is it our mother podcast? The Full Tilt Dynasty podcast? (laughs) Every Tuesday, the flagship... That's the word I was looking for. The flagship show of our network is going on. Catch Thomas, Jacob, and Billy every Tuesday. And then also, make sure you're playing Underdog Fantasy. The playoffs are here. They are still doing over-unders for every single playoff game. You can still draft teams for every single playoff game. Just because the regular season's over does not mean that your fantasy football is over yet. Make sure wherever you go to Underdog Fantasy, you are using our promo code. That is full tilt, F U L L T I L T, and get your first deposit matched up to $100 today. That is promo code full tilt at Underdog Fantasy. That is the place to play fantasy football during the playoffs. All right, we paid some bills, guys. We did some ad reads, got uh, the worst spread for everything that we're touching right now. And now it's time for the 2023 
Devi Fantasy Football Mock Draft. So will you guys break down how we are doing this today? Yeah, so we'll just do you know the norm now. I think the consensus norm, which is super flex, tight end premium for the the mock draft. Uh, we're gonna try and get through three rounds if we don't uh, do the the Gabby Gabby too much. So we're we'll see what happens, but uh, we're we're gonna at least run through two full rounds, and then maybe we'll do a lightning round if we're running long, which we do tend to do. Uh, but regardless, we'll get you some good info here. Uh, we didn't really discuss anything about uh, draft order here. So I guess we're going to go ahead and give the the guest the, the 101. And then um, and and then what? I guess I, since you're host, you'll go ahead and take the 103. Yeah, I'll take the 103. I'll, I'll bite the bullet here. Uh, but maybe Bijan Robinson will still be on the board for me. We'll see. He could be. You never know. Okay, cool. <laughs> so why don't you get it started for us, Aaron? Sounds good. Easy selection here. Quarterback, USC, uh, Caleb Williams. He's my QB one and Devi. And whether you have other guys in, in the tier one with him or not, um, it's still hard to just deny a Lincoln Riley quarterback. He's just mobile. He's got great arm talent. And I just love everything he brings to the table. So he is the 101. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely up there for me. He's not quite as good as as the other QB, you know, there at uh, you know that that should be at one hundred and one in Drake May. Uh, you know, obviously, just more rushing, more more passing yardage, touchdowns, whatever you want. So you know, you can you can say what you want about Caleb Williams, but you know, Drake May is actually the correct answer there. Uh, but I'm actually not going to take Drake May. I'm going to go ahead and take Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I think that, you know, people are are already putting him up into that like Jamar Chase tier, uh, you know, whether he deserves it or not. He does. I mean, he does deserve to be up in a top tier, an elite tier. I don't know if he quite deserves to be up in that like Jamar Chase uh, revelry, revelry. There we go. Uh, but I I think that regardless, I'm going to be able to, A, I like the player and B, you know, we'll be able to take advantage of any kind of, uh, you know, hype or anything like that as well. Fair enough. It is hard to argue with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner going 101. And then he didn't quite win the blink to cough because the wide receiver god Jalen Hyatt did. But Marvin Harrison Jr., I guess, is fine at 102. Just wasn't the best wide receiver in college football. Well, you made it really easy for me. I Drake May sitting there at 103. Super easy pick for me. Just establishing a quarterback for my team. Drake May. Uh, John can talk about why he's actually good. I mean, I already touched on it. I've talked about Drake May a lot. Uh, uh, if actually, I'll let Aaron talk about May real quick. Oh man, you're gonna make me talk. No, I I do like Drake May as well. Uh, maybe not quite to the same degree as John, but I have him in that tier one, so I would have selected him at 102, actually, and he, he's got actually a little bit better height as far as that build goes than Caleb Williams, and his statistics this season, you can't deny that he was very, very good. Down the stretch, he faltered just a tiny bit, and the loss of Josh Downs, his his very, very good wide receiver, is going to be interesting to see how did the next guy step up. I, I think they'll make it work. And also losing the offensive coordinator too is just another small question. But the guy's talent is just is gonna shine. He's not suddenly just gonna be a bad player. Like he's already established that he's he's a much different player than Sam Howell was coming from North Carolina. So it's it's a very good pick there. I love 03 for sure. Awesome. I'm glad to hear I'm doing well. Back to you, Aaron, at one oh. 
you guys left me in a tough spot here. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a teardrop, honestly, after these first three guys, or maybe even two guys if it's just the two quarterbacks at the top for some. I'm going to have to go Travion Henderson, Ohio State running back here. I don't actually feel great about that. You you go back a year and you would have felt great, you would think, uh, knowing that you'd get such a talented running back at this slot. But based on his production this season and the health, really, that's kind of the question. It's like, can this guy actually sustain a high workload um, full time? And, and that's a valid question, but I just love his explosiveness. He was a great recruit. And as a true freshman, I mean, he was studly and he wasn't really limited by injury. So Ultimately, I'm going to take a shot on Henderson here. He's just such a talented guy in that 2024 class. It is fascinating to look at the way that his value went up and down last season on keep trade cut. Uh, It's one of the wilder profiles to look at, to say the least, but definitely talented. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that are knocking him down at least a couple, at least one notch, if not multiple notches for the running backs and I'm, I haven't yet. Like, I, I still have him up there with Aaron. You know, I think that this is the right pick. Uh, whether you have to take him here or not, I guess, would be the question. But I don't think that it's it, – that doesn't make it a bad pick. It just means – it might be a little bit of a reach at this point because people are concerned about the the injuries and stuff like that. But, man, we've seen who he can be when he is healthy, and that's what I'm hoping for. Obviously, there's risk there, but, uh, you know, when you get to that elite tier – unless you have something insane happen, you know, like a insane, like back injury or the car crash for Trey Sanders or whatever, like unless something like that happens, I'm not going to really freak out about, Oh, he had a down year because of some injuries. Uh, but it did make it pretty easy for me. I'm going to go ahead and take rocket Sanders here uh, at uh, what one Oh five, because he's really the only other running back for me in this elite tier, uh, at least for the 24 running backs. Uh, we get into some other players, uh, that I don't quite have in the elite tier just yet, but it's probably more just they haven't really had enough games um, where, you know, especially when I put things into the model, I try to build in buffers and stuff so that it doesn't just skyrocket somebody up after one game. And so sometimes it can be a little slower to move somebody up into that elite tier, but I kind of like it that way. I don't want, I want somebody to earn it. You know, I don't want to just be like, Oh yeah, you got it. One good game, you know? So rocket Sanders one Oh five. Hey, fair enough. Uh, that was going to be my pick if he fell to me at 106. But you did make it easier, and I feel like I can defend myself more with drafting Brock Bowers at 106. Arguably one of the most productive tight ends that we've ever seen in college football. And just watching the playoffs, you see how important he is to Georgia's success. His measurables aren't quite what I want from an NFL tight end, but the man just produces. Produces, and he produces at an elite level. So give me a Brock Bowers. Wow. Okay. Um, and I don't mind the pick. I, it's a little early. I wasn't going to select him with the next pick. So thank you for not sniping my guy. But I will say that, I mean, playmaking guy like that can be a difference maker if he is deployed appropriately in the NFL. And if he can get up to that size that he needs to be at while maintaining the level of athleticism he currently has, he's 230 pounds. There'll be questions about that, but he also has another year to bulk up and his ability to bulk up leading up to the season was impacted due to an injury actually. So, I mean, I think he's going to be able to put on weight. He's got a good frame at six, four. So 
do not fault you there. But at the next pick, I am going to select Nick Singleton, Penn State running back, super talented guy. The athleticism is just insane. He is he is so fast, and he really proved this year that he's an explosive playmaker at the college level, regardless of having to split some time in that backfield with Katron Allen, another talented freshman. But he's not talented to the degree that degree that Nick Singleton is. I'm just so impressed by Singleton, and he's capable as a wide or as a receiving back. Um, he just he needs to develop his game more, but when you have the tools that he does, it's like it's like Saquon Barkley out there. And I'm not saying that he is or will be, but he's just a special athlete who happens to be also pretty darn good at the running back position with a little development to come in the next two years. So I will take Singleton here. Great pick. Yeah, I like it. Uh the the only knock I have on Singleton, like he's a he seems to be a special runner. Uh, I wonder about the receiving profile. You know, he he didn't really do too much in in the receiving game this year. They get eleven receptions at seven point seven a clip. That's nothing. That doesn't scream amazing or anything. So uh, that'd be the one knock. You know, if you're looking for that complete Saquon Barkley, Bijan Robinson profile, which I don't think he has just yet. He was a true freshman. That uh, doesn't mean that he can't learn that, earn that, whatever. Uh, but He's definitely up here in, in that tier for sure. Do you think his role will change with Drew Aller coming under center for Penn State next season? Man, I don't know. Aaron might know that a little bit better, but I I, I worry that Drew Aller is not quite the the player that people were expecting him to be. Yeah, I, I do see the potential for more dump offs there, a little bit less tendency just to scramble around uh, like we saw from Clifford. So. Yeah, I, I could see more receptions coming, and I just see him playing more snaps. Now, it's going to be probably split somewhat, but it's kind of hard to deny that this guy is just offering more when you put him out on the field. Like, uh, Katron Allen is not going and popping off 80-yard touchdown runs, but Singleton is almost every game, and he's also uh, breaking off 30, 40-yard touchdown runs. It's It's kind of special. They need to get the ball into his hands however they can, and so that means through the receiving game, and even though he didn't have a lot of volume this year, um, his receiving production wasn't because he's, he's bad. He was very capable when he was doing it, but yes, we need to see more for sure. I agree. Uh, so I guess it's not too difficult here. I have a couple options it's not like a clear and obvious pick here, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take Quinshawn Judkins, uh, another freshman running back from last year. And it was it was one of those things where, I mean, A, he kind of just, I don't want to say come at, came out of nowhere, but I mean, he kind of did. Uh, there weren't too many people talking about him. And then he just absolutely blew up. I mean, dude had 1,700 scrimmage yards, 17 touchdowns as a true freshman. And, you know, he was competing with Zach Evans, who, I mean, is g- going to be a at least a top five running back in the 2023 class. So, and I mean, he, he kind of, I mean, he definitely outproduced him as far as actual touches and yardage and all that kind of stuff. But even on a, a per touch basis, like he, he at least kept, kept up with them as a true freshman. Um, everything that I wanted to see, uh, from Quinshawn Juckins, size, speed, you know, burst, all that kind of stuff. I, I loved everything about him. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take him here. Thank great pick. Great, great, great pick. And I am left scrambling just a little bit at 109 in terms of where I want to go. And I'm just buying time by keeping talking before I make up my mind. Dang. 
I'm going to go with Will Shipley at one. T- uh, yeah, at 109. Uh, Will Shipley, Clinton did not have the season that they wanted to. Uh, a lot of that did come down to the quarterback play. But man, he just he looks different whenever he has the ball in his hands. I'm curious what will happen whenever he receives a more normal workload because their quarterback's not horrendous. Uh, but as the game went on, he wasn't as efficient with his larger workloads. But man, it's just games like the Syracuse game. You see how special of a talent he really is where he's just hurdling over people and still trucking them. Love to see that extremely versatile. I think that is definitely a space for him in the NFL. So 109, I will go with Will Shipley. Yeah, I get it. He's a three down caliber back. You know, he proved this year to be a competent receiver for sure. Like you said, maybe the efficiency isn't quite there yet, but he also has another season to prove that. So nice pick. Uh, I have a couple of players that I'm very interested in here. I'm going to take the one that's that's going to break John's heart just a little bit here. Um, Ameka Gvuka. No, I know that's who I was between in the last one. (laughs) Ohio, John hit me with the little question, questionable uh, face. Like, who are you going to take here? No, I I definitely knew that Emeka Buka was the pick here, um, at least in my opinion, just because Marvin Harrison Jr. He gets all the love and I understand it. He's very good and he's probably more versatile. But I mean, Emeka Buka is just this stud. Actually, I'll say that Amekabuka might be more versatile in the ways that you can deploy him all over the field. Marvin Harrison Jr. is just more of that standard outside receiver. He's just a stud out there. But Ameka is no slouch. His production was very, very similar to Marvin Harrison Jr.'s this season, and I don't see any reason for that to change next year. Um, he's going to be another year of him starting, and I think he's going to have a lot of success. So he's a good athlete going or coming from Ohio State. We know that he's probably going to get some nice draft capital um good size speed all of it so that's my selection here mecca buka yeah that one hurts uh i knew what was coming when you said it but i i was trying to play the game i don't know if you would have taken judkins i'm guessing i'm guessing you probably would have if i had taken Buka. i don't know for sure but uh yeah that one hurts i I don't think that it would be in any other draft or most drafts that he would even be picked here because he's just so underrated and I love him. He's my wide receiver too overall, um, only behind MHJ. And it's just, I don't understand. Like, go look at this year. I feel like everyone just sees the highlights from Marvin Harrison Jr. And they they don't think about Agbuka at all. But you look at the the stats they had the same season. Like they, they were so similar. Uh, I just, I, I don't get it. So um, yeah, I, I love the pick there. Uh, and then for me, it's, it's starting to get where it's definitely, there's no like clear and obvious options at this point for me. Uh, I, I honestly, I honestly think for, for Debbie purposes, I'm going to go Blake Corum. I, you know, coming back, I, I get what Aaron's concerns about what, you know, what could possibly happen. Maybe Donovan Edwards takes a step forward, uh, but we saw who he was and people were saying the same things about Blake Horam and Donovan Edwards last year. And I was arguing like, no, Blake Horam's really fucking good. Let's just let him, you know, ride. And and I don't care these five foot eight and all that kind of stuff. And once again, with the injury, I think that if it wasn't for the injury, he'd be in the NFL. Well, 
I'm guessing and hoping it's going to be the same exact thing this next year. And I don't care that he's a senior. That does, I mean, it's it's explained away by the fact that he got injured late in the season, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to ride with the Blake Corum again. I, I really do think that he's going to be a stud on a solid offense that can get it done up until the playoffs. Uh, that opens it up for me at 112 to go ahead and take Braylon Allen running back for Wisconsin. As a freshman, he looked like the best running back in college football. Obviously, his sophomore season wasn't quite what we all wanted. We wanted to continue to see more just absolute dominance. But with Luke Fickle coming into Wisconsin, there will be a scheme change. And I'm hoping that we will be able to see a little bit more versatility out of Braylon Allen. We'll be able to see more of what he looked like as a freshman because he was still one of the youngest players college football even last season so definitely i'm really excited about that and really excited to see what he's going to look like as we go into 2024 not only devi leaks but dynasty leaks then yeah good selection there i can't blame you whatsoever for that pick i might be taking a little bit of a controversial player here <laughs> at the 2.01 uh, I don't know if we want to actually recap at all the draft or we'll do that. Let's do time. a quick recap okay. uh, because, yeah, it has been, been an interesting first round, at least from my perspective, as somebody who doesn't play Devi fantasy football and doesn't play C2C, but gets to sit on the show. Uh, kind of, there's at least one player I was expecting to go that didn't, and we'll see if he goes around two. But in round one, 101, the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. 102, Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver one in the class. 103, Drake May. 104, Travion Henderson. 105, Raheem Rocket Sanders. 106, Brock Bowers, followed by Nicholas Singleton, Quinshawn Judkins, Will Shipley, Mika Ibuka, Blake Corum, and Braylon Allen to round it out at 112. Uh, biggest surprise uh, for me, it's only two wide receivers have gone so far. Uh, not surprised that there's a lot of running backs, but yeah, I'm a little surprised to only see two wide receivers. Any big surprises coming out of the first round for you? Um, Not really. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it was probably Bowers going a little bit earlier than, than maybe expected, but in a tight end premium, honestly... I don't, it's probably earlier for me. I don't know that it's actually early. It's probably where he's going to go in a tight end premium, something like that. So not really shocked about uh, any of these picks. It was all fairly consensus. Um, but Aaron, I guess, has a, a controversial one here at 201. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that that first round is fairly textbook. I mean, a couple of little tweaks here or there quorum's um, probably not going to be consensus but <laughs> right right there, there's a couple guys but for the most part um yeah pretty solid uh first round that's for sure but yeah if i want to go ahead with my 201 here i'm going to take branson robinson running back georgia and so he's a true freshman or he just completed his true freshman season for georgia and he got to actually play a little bit he was mostly mop-up duty at the end of games if you actually made it to the end of the national championship game you got to see him go off and that's just how good this guy is he's five foot ten 220 ish pounds but he also runs a 449 
He runs over 20 miles per hour. He has a 40-inch vertical, or, or at least he did coming out of high school, and he, nothing's really changed since then. He's been healthy. He's been very productive when he's been on the field for Georgia. And I just think that, though he might not get a workhorse load this next year, is that a bad thing? I, I think he's going to be able to handle that type of workload. He'll, he has two more years of college, so he'll have kind of a lighter workload going into his final year. Let's say next year he doesn't get the full workhorse role. So I really like his talent. I, I think he's the most talented back who is still available in this draft, and that's why I went uh, with him at 201. Fair enough. Yeah, I like it. I I mean, like you said, you saw it at the end of that game. They couldn't stop him, and they were trying, but they they could not stop him. And it wasn't the first time. He, he like you said, it was mop up duty. But he he got into some games, and he looked pretty damn good uh, with the little amount of touches that he did get. Um, and he was a top prospect and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't think it's as controversial as you made it out to be. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> he looks every bit of two twenty. The the images of oh, him yeah. online. It's like. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he is crazy. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take the steal of the draft here. Uh, Xavier Worthy, 202. He was he, he was my wide receiver one before the Ohio State boys jumped him. I know people are kind of down on him after this last year. Uh, he didn't quite have the same year as he did before. I really think a lot of that had to do with just the team in general. You know, they had injuries at, at QB. Quinn Ewers wasn't exactly the god that people thought he was going to be. Uh, you know, Hudson Card had to play what like six games or something like that, and, and he did fine, but he's he's nothing truly amazing. I, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of out on Ewers now, uh, at least slightly, and so. I'm kind of wondering if Arch Manning might jump in and take over this this team at some point this next year. Um, and I know some people have questions about Arch Manning and, and what he will be and all that kind of stuff as well. But I definitely think that regardless, either Ewers will take a step forward or Arch will jump in. Like the QB situation is going to get better. And we know where these a quality wide receiver. I, I know there were some drop issues. And so I, I think all that happens when you don't have consistency at the QB position. And so, you know, we get some of that and everything will get right back. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking Xavier Worthy here at 202. Yeah, wow. And I think you hit on a good point with the quarterback inconsistency. And when there is a revolving door at quarterback position, it makes it hard for a receiver to have a great year. But I mean, we saw Worthy have a great year as a true freshman. He just didn't really with maybe questionable QB play this last year, just kind of weird with all the drops going on was not quite as efficient. And ultimately the, the size maybe is another question mark. And I've seen, he's going as wide receiver three in this mock. I've seen recently some pretty prominent Debbie analysts, not have him in the top 10 anymore amongst yeah. wide receivers and Debbie. But I, I think that's too drastic. We shouldn't bump him down to that degree. Maybe. Um, and like you said, you got to grab a guy here because I mean, there haven't been many wide receivers selected yet. It probably is early, honestly, because I've, I've seen a lot of the same sentiment uh, with Worthy, but it's just it's where I'm, I'm taking them. I, I, I really have no issues with them. Um, I mean, I don't love it when somebody drops down from the year prior and, you know, in, in, 
unless there's like injury or, or, you know, he only played half the season or whatever. So I don't love that, but I think we can kind of explain it away. Maybe that's just me being hopeful, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, crap. There was my next pick, and I really thought <laughs> I was going to be able to look so smart and take him at the 203 and feel really good about myself. <laughs> but I feel like this is a little bit of a reach. I'm going to go with Donovan Edwards at 203. I'm going to no, take some insurance uh, against John here. Uh, he, he has looked so good whenever the RB1 job was just his job. So I'm I'm hoping that he still looks explosive next year. I'm hoping that the timeshare does not hurt his value too much, that he's still able to look extremely productive, even though he'll average maybe 15 touches a game with Corum coming back. But Donovan Edwards running back, Michigan, 203. <laughs> Herb says concept. Texas plays two QBs at the same time. I love it. Whatever gets Xavier Worthy the ball more uh, and, and more often and better than I, I love every second of it. I, I don't think that was a reach at all with Edwards. Uh, he wasn't my next player, but he was my second second to next that doesn't make any sense uh, he was the next player after that um so it, it was not like an insane reach or anything no and that was my next player actually so uh i am scrambling here but we will make a decision let's just go with a guy who i the first freshman incoming freshman to be selected in this draft we're gonna go with the rb1 cedric baxter texas Ooh. running back i'm really hoping that he slots right into that Bijan lead back role with some of the other guys supplementing and maybe more of a, a split backfield than what we've seen the last few years just because he's so young and there's guys with more experience there ahead of him at texas but I mean, Cedric is just such a beast. He's he's built as far as size-wise, about 215 or so, and five-star kid, very talented and versatile, and I'm going to take the shot here. I just listened to, uh, I think it was a Debbie Royale, and, and Kevin was breaking down a recent mock um, that I was actually a part of, too, and he was saying the end of the second is way too late if you want to snag this guy. He probably won't fall in most drafts to that point. I think it's fair. Uh, we've seen the last couple of years, these stud running backs, Bijan was going in the first and Devi startups as a true freshman. We saw that uh, Trevion Henderson was. We saw Nichols, Nick Singleton was. So to be able to get the RB1, though this guy's maybe not as clear-cut as past years, um, in the second round, I, I'll take that for sure. Good pick. I am surprised that he is the first freshman off the board. Uh, just looking at the running backs, oh, this, this freshman class does look good. It doesn't look as good as last year's class, at least going in from my uneducated eyes, uh, or at least I'm just I'm just not as excited about it. Uh, but I'm also really surprised that we've had two Texas players drafted, and neither one of them were Quinn Ewers. We'll see if John changes it up here at the 205. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, I, I do really like the, the Baxter pick there. Uh, I think that it, it's becoming more consensus that people are kind of falling out of love with Jaden Blue because um, originally people kind of thought that he was going to be something special. And, and I think that they're realizing he's kind of tiny and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's not quite going to work. Uh, Baxter definitely seems more of the 
Bijan mold, even though I don't think he's Bijan Robinson by any means. Uh, so I do like the pick. I don't, I think that you're right, whether it's you or Kevin or whoever, like it, somebody's right that this is probably about when you should be taking them. Cause I was looking at my tiers and I'm, I have a couple guys that I'm like, uh, I, I like them. I don't know that I want to take them right now, uh, but I do like them. But I, I actually I thought about going with one of the recruits as well. But I'm going to stick with the uh, with the freshman from last year. I'm going to go with Jaden Ott. Um, I know that people are are kind of falling out of love with him because they're bringing in a lot of other running backs uh, to Cal, and I guess maybe people are getting concerned that he's going to be pushed out. Um, I guess there's definitely the chance of that. But, I mean, if you look at what he did last year, he was the running game. Like, there was no one else. I think the, the next closest person had 200 rushing yards. Uh, so I feel like, if anything, they're bringing in bodies to spell him more than to replace him. Um, now, the thing is, they're bringing in quality. I'm, I'm completely blanking. I think there was it Byron Cardwell uh, was that one. And then I think there was another player. I, do you know Justin? Aaron? Yeah, Justin um... – Williams, Thomas Williams, Justin and, Williams. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and so like some quality players, like nothing amazing, but uh, good enough. And so there are some concerns, but once again, we look at what he did as a true freshman, almost a thousand yards rushing. And then he had 47 rece- uh, receptions this past year. Uh, now he didn't do anything overly amazing in those receptions. He only averaged seven yards per reception. Uh, so it's not like I'm saying he's Jameer Gibbs or anything like that. But just the fact that they tried to get the ball into his hands that much, and that offense was not good. I mean, uh, I think they had like 18 passing touchdowns, you know, for the entire season. It was not a quality offense. So you know that defenses were keying in on Jaden Knott, and yet he was still running at like a 5.3 clip and all that kind of stuff. So all that to be said, I, I love it when true freshmen blow up and stand out, and so that's why I'm taking Ott here. Dang it. All right. So looking at the 206, I've run out of players that where I'm like actually really excited about what their future prospects are, where I'm very comfortable already looking at 2024 picks and kind of planning around them saying, yes, there's a lot of talent coming to this class. Way I'm looking at now, already seeing one freshman go off the board here or one incoming freshman. I kind of want to get the player I'm most excited about from this recruiting class that's not a quarterback. That's Brandon Enos, wide receiver, Ohio State. He is the player I feel most comfortable about from these freshmen coming in to where I just look at him and I think that's that's as close to a can't-miss wide receiver as you can possibly get. He is obviously not an athletic freak. I'm hoping that he will build into that a little bit more, but he doesn't have to be a 4-4 guy whenever he is already this technically advanced to be an incoming freshman. So it's, I know it's a big risk here. Uh, Maybe a little bit too early, but that's the next player I'm most excited about. Brandon Enos, wide receiver, Ohio State. That's a good pick. And I see you're getting a little excited about the 2026 class as well. I, I like to see that. All right. Well, I will go with maybe a controversial pick. I don't know. We'll see. This is an incoming um, freshman as well. We'll we'll stick with the 2023 recruiting class or incoming class, and that's Malachi Nelson, USC quarterback. Um, just because we, I already talked about Caleb Williams, USC quarterback to start. I'm just going to take his backup and then have 
some guys that are, are very, very likely to have success both in college and then at the NFL level. Guy who has got a lot of upside, and, and he probably needs a year to like bulk up. He's a bit thin at this moment, but he has basically all the other skills that you want to see at the quarterback position. So to me, Malachi Nelson just made sense. Yeah, that kind of sucks because that's who I was looking at. <laughs> I uh, I don't even know that I absolutely love Malachi Nelson. Uh, just looking at, at, at what he did in high school and everything, it's so tough. You know, high school stats are definitely not the end-all be-all. But I do try to, you know, pick up on little things here and there. And I didn't fall in love with his profile, but I did fall in love with the landing spot. Uh, and I know that everyone else is in love with them. So uh, he's obviously in a great position. They have great pieces, great coaching, great wide receivers, great everything. Uh, I think that it's probably the right pick, at least right around here. And that's who I was probably going to take. And so that's where it starts becoming a little bit more difficult. But I think I'm going to go ahead and take who he'll be throwing to eventually in Dorian Singer. Um I I kind of fell in love with Singer this year, and then he transferred out. And he, I think he's going to a better place, a better situation. And uh, everything that, that Singer did this year uh, really just blew my mind. I'm trying to – sorry, I thought I had his, uh, his stats up. But it was – it was Arizona, so it's not anything that you can be like overly excited about. But I think we all kind of, or at least I expected Jacob Cohen to just go in there and just blow up, be the number one. And he really wasn't. Um, he did well in his own right, but Dorian Singer just really blew up and really like stood out and became the number one. And now, like I said, he's going to a much better situation. But he had that 16.7 yards per reception that I love for wide receivers. You know, it really shows explosiveness, burst, uh, you know, the ability to get downfield. But he he also, you know, whereas Quentin Johnston has something like that as well, you also see 66 receptions. Whereas with Quentin Johnston, it's 30 receptions. You know, like so I, I like seeing that where he's actually earning targets, doing that on a consistent basis. So Dorian Singer here at 208. That was my next wide receiver on the board, too. So thank you for that, John. Uh, yeah, it looks like I'm a pick too late on most of my picks, but it is letting me take more risk. So at the 209, a little bit of a forgotten man from last year's freshman class. I'm going to go with Evan Stewart, just because when he has the ball in his hands, there are a few people who look just as naturally talented as he looks. So definitely little bit of a reach here but he was the wide receiver too in terms of like the incoming freshman class last year uh obviously texas a&m season was not good and as an sec fan that is a lot of fun to watch and you just love the chaos but when he had a chance i thought he was still just the most talented player that they had on the field aside from devin chain just watching devin chain evan stewart keeps showing up on the tape for me. I go, all right, I can live with that. Yeah, very fair. He's so smooth out there. What he did as a freshman after being like a five-star type of talent at the wide receiver position was very solid. Uh, again, maybe not the most efficient, but 
he will grow into that. He's a very talented athlete, so I don't mind him at all there. I'm also going to stick with the wide receiver position. This is a guy who, I mean, he flashed really well as a true freshman, and then he only improved upon that quietly as the season grew or as the season progressed, he grew and grew and grew as a player. And that's Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU, six foot, 195 pounds. He went over a thousand receiving yards this year so quietly, like nobody's talking about that point. And you know what he did in, in their bowl game in the last game of the year? It's nine receptions, 163 yards, uh, and a touchdown. And I know that was, you know, partially because of one long play, but he's he's got enough speed. He can break long plays. Keishon Boutte leaving there also helps him a lot. So I wouldn't have had him this high had Boutte stayed, honestly. But with Neighbors going to be stepping up into that number one position at LSU, and we know how LSU puts out great wide receiver talent, um, I just think that he's he's a smart pick uh, towards the end of the second round here. Now, when you say stepping up into the number one, you mean last year when he did it, right? Because he was already the number one. Keishon Boutte couldn't even touch him with the 10-foot pole. Yeah. I mean, neighbors, nobody's talking about that either. So thank you, John. He he was better than Boutte in a lot of ways this year, for sure. All right, I'm just giving you a little. But yeah, I, I love the pick. Um, I didn't even, I, I have Malik Neighbors on both of my C2C teams now. And as I, I've been a neighbor's stand, if you will. Uh, I didn't realize how well he ended up this he finished the season until I went back like a week ago. And I was like, holy shit. He had like 500 receiving yards in his last four games. Um, not too many touchdowns, but you know, they didn't pass for a lot of touchdowns at LSU. So I'm not going to hold that against them. Um, but yeah, he was my next pick there. Uh, Malik neighbors. I, I think that's the right call. And I'm, I'm starting to see his name mentioned quite a bit. I mean, he's becoming the new hotness. So uh, I, I love to see that. Yeah, and I'll just add one thing, that he was selected in the fifth round of a recent Devi mock, and you're not going to be able to get him that late going forward. It's just not going to happen this offseason going into next season. So um, even if it feels like a reach, don't be afraid to reach on some of these players who, honestly, it's just, if you're going off previous ADP, he's going to be low, but that needs to change, and, and it will. It'll just take time to correct itself. And just to add to this, the uh, um, Malik Neighbors versus Dorian Singer thing, I just watched them back-to-back this week, and I actually really liked Malik Neighbors a little bit more athleticism-wise, too, even compared to Singer as well. So it just gives you an idea of maybe the athleticism that Neighbors has. You love to see it. Um, so... This one gets tough because we have two players, two recruits that are going to the same school. Um, and, and so it becomes difficult trying to figure out which one's the right call uh, and, and everything. I've already, I've already chosen uh, one player from USC. I might as well go ahead and take another one in Zachariah branch. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take him here. He, he really, really stood out um obviously the landing spot is great five-star prospect uh the production i guess is a little concerning from from high school but it's not overly concerning or anything like that obviously or else i wouldn't be taking him here uh but i i think that uh also i listened to aaron and uh he, he loves some zachariah branch and so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and take him here because he is definitely better with the recruits than i am and so i'm trusting him 
uh, that this is about the right place to take him. Yeah, he he was really, really good in that All-Star game. Um, or I think it was just on a kick return. He just showed how explosive he is. He's going to be a weapon. Uh, Lincoln Riley is going to love having him. So nice pick there. Yeah, I think he had, if I remember correctly, I think he had like 150 total yards in the game. Not that, you know, the, the, that game's anything to write home about, but, I mean, it's better than nothing that you see actual production from somebody. Dang. All right. So at the 212, I am making this pick with Andy in mind because I feel like he he would be pounding the table for this guy to get drafted. Uh, if not the second round, definitely in the third. And that's Troy Franklin, wide receiver. Uh, very high on him uh, throughout the season. We had uh, one of our Debbie recaps, which if you're not watching those, Debbie recaps. Every single week they come out Tuesday mornings. They have what you need to recap college football seasons, uh, week, whatever week it is. And we're doing them throughout the off season too. So you have the news that you need. Uh, we had a whole one of those dedicated to Troy Franklin and how good he was making a Bo Nix look at the time. This was still back when we thought Bo Nix sucked. And I don't know if he's actually good or if it's just Oregon uh, and their uniforms make him look a lot better. Uh, but Troy Franklin's a big reason of why Oregon was in the playoff hunt this year. So Troy Franklin, two twelve. I'm a little bit lower on Franklin. We don't have to go into like crazy details or anything, but I feel like that's not consensus. I think you took the right pick for consensus. I just tend to be lower on him uh, because we were even Aaron and I were even talking with our buddy Levi earlier, and he was mentioning Franklin uh, as somebody that you know should be on a list and should be you know drafted early and that kind of thing. So I, I definitely feel that I'm the one that's lower, uh, and I have my reasoning. But uh, what do you think, Aaron? Um, I, I think that's a great topic for a future pod, things like that, just to break him down even more so. But a fine selection because that's where he's going in drafts. And honestly, if he continues to improve like he did this year, he's just making steady improvements after being a great recruit and a very good athlete. You know, that's very fair. Uh, how about we do a recap of this round? All right. The second round. Uh, didn't make the comment during the first round. We only saw two wide receivers go. That completely changed in this round. So starting at 201, Branson Robinson, running back Georgia. Then Xavier Worthy, arguably the steal of the draft, according to John. Uh, Donovan Edwards follows at the 203. Cedric Baxter, the first freshman uh, drafted in our mock draft. Then Jaden Ott, Brandon Enos, uh, Malachi Nelson, Dorian Singer, the first player from the transfer portal in our mock. Uh, Evan Stewart, Malik Neighbors, Zachariah Branch, and then finish with Troy Franklin. That is your second round from our mock draft. Still, still pretty solid. Uh, biggest surprise in the second round for you all at this point, either because they fell to the second round or because they were taken in the second round earlier than expected. For me, it's between maybe Jaden Ott, Brandon Innes, and and Dorian Singer. And it's not because any of those players are bad. Uh, I guess I have my reasons for them, but those were guys that I think either were a bit higher than where I've been seeing them go, um, or just guys that I'm slightly lower on compared to the consensus or, or they were taken. Yeah, I was listening to the Campus to Canton pod uh, 
with uh, Debbie Dietz and and Colin, and they were talking about how they're they're lower on Jaden Ott uh, just like a day or two ago. And so I definitely think that I'm higher on Ott than than probably most. But I think it's just that I'm not getting scared away by these other players. I, I still think he's going to be the guy, but we already talked about him. So <laughs> who do you got at 301? Yeah. So at 301, I am going to stop the fall for Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback. I'm going to trust that he's more talented than what he showed this last year. He actually wasn't the worst uh, statistically. It's just that he also wasn't the best, right? He wasn't that efficient. If you're looking at completion percentage, he threw too many picks and he was just up and down, but starting to trend the right direction at least. And he has so many weapons in this offense. They're getting more and more weapons. They have three wide receivers in the incoming freshman class that I absolutely love that are in my top, I think, 25. So they're just landing a ton of talent that we already know that Xavier Worthy's talented. Guess who they get back from injury next year? Oh yeah, Isaiah Nair. Um, the, the Jatavian Sanders tight end, he is so talented there too. So between all those weapons, even if he's not an amazing quarterback, that's just going to help elevate his floor even more so. And I just think a second season in that system is going to do wonders for him. So, yeah, Quinn Ewers is a 301 for me. Fantastic. 302. Sounds, yeah, 302. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to get controversial here quickly. I'm going to go ahead and take his replacement, Arch Manning. Um, I, <laughs> I, I I said it before. I'm I'm out on yours, so I'm going to go ahead and double down here, and I'm going to take Arch. Dang, I really wanted to be messy, and you made it to where I can't be. So thank you for that, John. Uh, but it does mean that I get to be a homer, and while I can't say his name, Nico, and then it starts with an I, the quarterback for Tennessee. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I need to learn how to say it. But he is going to lead us to our national championship. We trust in Nico. He is going to be the 303. And from just a valid standpoint, he arguably is the most athletic quarterback that was coming into this freshman class. Don't know how polished he is. He did tear it up wherever he went to camp. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to get to draft a ball. Great. Yeah, I like the pick. Uh, Luther Burden is the 304 for me, Missouri wide receiver. John and I will debate him, but it is not this day. <laughs> uh, hopefully, Lucas is on the right side of the Luther Burden takes here, uh, but I just think he's going to improve this year. <laughs> he has to. We know that much. Uh, he has to take a giant step forward. Uh, I'm going to take another guy that needs to take a step forward, uh, but it, somebody that I fell in love with last year, uh, he had a quality sophomore year, but not as amazing as I would have hoped. But it's Ja'Cory Brooks, Alabama. I, I'm hoping that he'll take another step forward. While he was not amazing, he didn't exactly do everything that I was hoping he was going to do. Um, he was the lead wide receiver. He was the wide receiver one on the team. Uh, you know, he he that whole offense was kind of off. And I've said that multiple times this season it just seemed like something wasn't clicking right and everything. And I'm not blaming Brooks for that. I'm not, I'm not blaming Bryce young. I'm not blaming anyone necessarily. It could be the offense itself. It could just be the offensive line, which is probably what it was. They didn't have a lot of time to throw to, to build plays and, and have everything, you know, uh, fall into place. So I'm going to go ahead and hope, that he can take another step forward here um, and become the stud that I thought he was. Dang. 
Now I'm starting to grasp the straws here, guys. <laughs> we have reached the end of where my knowledge goes for the players that we really care about. So that's fun for me. Ah, gosh. Uh, looking at the 306, it's not really that it's a homer pick for me, but I see Jalen Wright, and I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do this year. Uh, extremely explosive, doesn't do a lot in the passing game or as much as I would like for him to, but just one of the absolute fastest guys on the field, and he can run in between tackles. So Jalen Wright, six. Okay, that's that's a bold pick there, I will say. But Jalen Wright has been a guy I've liked for a while, so I don't mind that. I'm going to go with another freshman quarterback, Dante Moore, a UCLA quarterback, and he really impressed me in the All-American game, but even more so, he's impressed me all throughout high school. He's been a starter for years and years, a ton of experience, and he's going to handle the uh, college game well, in my opinion. I, I don't think that we should get too worried about, well, what has Chip um, Kelly done for us recently with quarterback development. He's done some in the past, which is better than nothing. And that's actually encouraging that he's had some mobile threats for UCLA. Maybe we'll get some more mobility and rushing upside out of Dante more than what we expected even. So that's my pick. Yeah, I like that. And I, uh, I, once again, I'm not up to date with these, uh, prospects and i forgot where this player is going so i have to look it up really quick um but i'm gonna go ahead and take uh john Tay cook going to texas another texas player um uh, apparently that's who we're falling in love with or they're just recruiting really well one of the two but uh it, it's another wide receiver i mean unfortunately i'm i, I seem to love these texas wide receivers <laughs> isaiah nayer uh you know obviously with uh with my boy that my mind just blanked. Who the hell did I Xavier, Xavier worthy? worthy. <laughs> Jesus. And then, and then now with Jante, I, apparently I'm a Texas boy now. I did forget about players who I would take over Jalen Wright, but I will take him here. Cause you all didn't end up taking him. And that is Ruben Owens. The second going to Texas A&M, another freshman running back. Uh, I, I know that he has kind of lost a little bit of his uh, shine going throughout the recruiting process uh, and then going and ending up at A&M, but I'm, I'm just really excited to see what he can do at SEC behind hopefully a better Texas A&M season next year, at least for my mock drafts team's sake. No, I really like that pick. So nice selection there. Um, ultimately, there's a lot of running backs still remaining. Ruben Owens was a great one. I'm going to pick Jamarian Miller, Alabama running back. There's a couple of running backs actually for Alabama that I could have selected here. But Jamarian Miller just makes the most sense to me. We saw some flashes, and I think that he could be ready to take over a little bit more of a prominent role. But is it going to be Jace McCullen? Is it going to be some other freshman who comes up? I, I doubt it's going to be a freshman. It just doesn't seem like what Alabama wants to do. So Jamorian Miller will be my selection here. All right. I'm going to go ahead and take Katron Allen here. Uh, I think that, you know, we see Singleton doing everything that he did. And like I said, I think that Singleton is a special runner but we see Catron taking more of the receiving role, uh, whereas Singleton only had the 10 receptions this last year. Catron had 20, and he had a higher average and everything. So we see a little bit more of the receiving game with him. 
Um, I don't know if he's truly special, but he's definitely up here in this tier for me. Right. And I will round it out with another Alabama player running back justice Haynes. So going to get the flip side of what, uh, John was trying to do. So justice Haynes running back the 312 and round out our third round. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that one. I, I honestly struggled with where to take these running backs after Baxter, the recruits or the, you know, the 26 freshmen. I, I like them. I, I just don't know, especially with, you know, with three of them or especially with Miller and then, uh, and then Haynes and then what Richard young, I believe is all being at Alabama. It just makes it so difficult to fall in love with one of them. Uh, I really liked Miller last year. But man, there's some quality running backs that are going to be nipping at his heels, so it's it's tough. And I guess that's always the case with Bama and those kind of schools. But it, it is, and in that case, it's just like you have to start throwing some darts, and hopefully they're not too too early in your draft to tank it. But ultimately, you want NFL running backs. Alabama's a great place to go for it. Yeah, and honestly, like I I didn't, but I was looking at them like I should probably take them the last couple of picks that I've made, and so maybe. I mean, like you said, you have to figure out how risky you want to be, but maybe I should have taken it just to take a little bit of risk because there's going to be that ceiling if one of them hits. I mean, look at a Jameer Gibbs this year, you know, like the, the jump, the, the leap that he made uh, for everyone. And obviously so many other running backs for Bama and Georgia and all those kind of teams. So uh, I like taking those kind of backs for those kind of teams at this point in the draft. But that's going to wrap it up for our three-round draft. We actually did a pretty good job, boys. We're only at an hour 10. That's that's not too bad. I know we kind of went quickly through some of them, uh, didn't get too in-depth with any of them. Uh, there's a lot of time in this whole offseason and everything to go in-depth in all these players, and things are still going to change. The transfer portal still open. Some players are still going to you know, declare for the NFL draft, and that's going to change things, uh, coaching changes, whatever else. So, I mean, not everyone's even fully signed. So, you know, we can say that, you know, even things like that could change. So we have a lot to look forward to. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's it's an early draft. But like I said, there's startups going on right now. So it we're trying to help you out. We're trying to help ourselves out because sometimes it's good just to talk through this stuff uh, because I'm probably going to be doing a, another C2C or Debbie startup here pretty soon. Or, you know, we just have regular uh, supplemental drafts and all that kind of stuff coming up. So it's it's good to to start figuring out where the hell you're going to draft all these players. I will say it was really surprising. Like for me, as somebody who's not playing Debbie Fantasy Football the same way that you two do or C to C, it was surprising to me to see the number of freshman quarterback that are already being selected. And then just the incoming freshmen in general being selected this high over maybe some more type players. Is that mainly just accepting the risk going that sort of high upside that people have the most likely chance of making a difference at the NFL level because they are high recruits uh, instead of maybe taking someone who has a little bit less risk but has already proven it at the college level to some degree? Like, What was the reasoning behind that? Because I also remember during the offseason last year, uh, Andy talking about just how much fluctuation there is in the quarterback rankings themselves throughout the so I'd love to hear some of your all's takes on that. Yeah, and and there is a ton of, I guess, uncertainty, right? There's not a high hit rate when you're talking about five-star, four-star quarterbacks 
coming into college, but the cheapest you're ever going to get a Drake May or a Caleb Williams is going to be at that startup, and you have to assume that risk. Like we talked about in our draft a little bit later on, started taking some more risky guys who might not be as safe, but it's like if you want to select a high-floor guy, like... I don't, I don't know if that's going to yield a huge result the same way that a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, Travion, Travion Henderson, you know, investing in those guys as a freshman is going to yield you. So th- that's why I think you have to do that. And it's largely to do also with the format. So Superflex League uh, heavily drives getting those franchise-changing quarterbacks versus, I mean, if, if it was a 1QB, we'd be drafting completely different um, with them in, in regards to things. Yeah, and I think it's all about where you're drafting them to. You know, none of them win in the first round. You know, none of these freshmen win in the first round. And, you know, last year we had people taking yours at like 105 and and things like that in Debbie drafts. And now we see how that can be, you know, very detrimental to your team. Uh, I think when you're getting into the second and third rounds that it's really not going to destroy you at that point. Um you know, I, I've talked about in the past how I took Tyler Buckner at, uh, in the fourth round of our C2C draft. And obviously, with you know, C2C, it's a little different because you're drafting 30, 40 rounds. And so you have a way of, of making it up and everything. But a fourth round pick, he basically did nothing all year. And I still did very well because you're able to make it up in other spots. It's when you start losing those first and second round picks, that's when it gets a little tough. So I was definitely not taking an Arch Manning in round one. Or even mostly, you know, or even like early in round two or anything. I forget. I think I took him in the third, right? Yeah, I took him at 302. So that's where I kind of start feeling comfortable about that. Not to mention, I really just wanted to dunk on uh, on Aaron when Ewers completely fails. And I say, hey, I got Arch Manning here, you know, one pick after you took Ewers. Then I can really, you know, really feel good about myself. So Fantastic. Uh, and Chandler Russell does bring up a good point. There aren't many successful two quarterback systems that work in college. Uh, the 06 Florida team might be the most successful one that we can think of. Uh, whenever Ohio State won the uh, national championship, what was that, 2015? It wasn't really two quarterbacks, but I think they had three quarterbacks that ended up playing for them that year, and they still won it. So, uh, yeah, not extremely common for a lot of quarterback changes to yield results. Uh, as we wrap up the show, who is the player that you are most wanting to draft if we were going into a fourth or a deeper round, just somebody that you love to be on your teams as you're building. And you're saying that we did not select, but was still remaining in the draft yes. pool. Okay. Well, I think that Trevor Etienne comes to mind. Florida. Oh, that was back. my next one. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> all, right, all right. I'll, I'll let John, I'll let John take him. I like that. Uh, yeah, that was my boy from the start. So you don't get to, to take him over now. Gotcha. Uh, maybe Barry and Brown. Kentucky wide receiver really blew up his freshman year and he profiles somewhat similar to Xavier Worthy. He's just maybe not to quite that degree of, of a breakout, but he, he had a really good year and he's just a super explosive player. So yeah, I, I think that Barry and Brown at least should be in that conversation after round four for sure. Yeah. And then ETN would probably be mine. I, I think that he, I guess they are bringing in some quality prospects as well to Florida. So I, I don't know that we can guarantee he's going to, you know, be the stud or anything like that. But uh, I, I loved what I saw from him uh, last year. And then just to throw in a wide receiver, I'd probably say like, uh, te- was it Tedaroa McMillan? 
uh, he'd probably be my next one after Brown, who was my next wide receiver. So uh, I like that call from Aaron as well. Would would either of you have been interested in Jace McClellan, Alabama running back? Could be next in line. Big, big year. Out. What one and done or no? <laughs> I'm out. I, I, I've seen enough. There's too many damn recruits. I, I, I'm just out. Yeah, yeah it's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and Chandler, sorry you missed the first 90% of this. Definitely would highly recommend you going back and rewatching this fantastic content the whole way through. Uh, did get through three rounds. I will not recommend a player to uh, that I would like to draft later because I don't know if I can come up with one. It baffles me every week whenever uh, John and Andy just spit out a player's name. I'm like, this person exists? have to go and google them real quick and i'm like oh yeah that guy i see him on espn from time to time and i just never associated the name uh <laughs> yeah but we got through three rounds <sighs> trevor Etienne. i i really really like that pick uh dang that's, that's a good one. actually maybe i should have taken him because i didn't get the i didn't get the nod of approval uh when i picked katron allen from aaron and so they, i'm always looking for the nod of, you know it's it's like I, I i it's like you know my father growing up I, you know, i'm I, you look over and you're like am i doing it right daddy and and you know I, I i looked over and he didn't really respond he didn't react and so now i'm thinking i should have taken trevor et in there yeah no no comment on that pick <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I was doing the exact same thing. I'm like, I don't know where these players are ending up being drafted around. So I'm really going to watch these people closely to see if they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Or I didn't snipe anybody, but you know, it, I I feel pretty good about it. it Do you all heart. feel comfortable about your teams after this? Uh, biggest regret seeing how the board played out uh, from the draft. Well, Lucas, you did an excellent job. So, so I. Do you think that you sniped me and probably John on multiple occasions here? I like how the team rounded out Caleb Williams, Travion Henderson, Nick Singleton, Emeka Buka, Branson Robinson, Cedric Baxter, Malachi Nelson, Malik Neighbors, Quinn Ewers, Luther Burden, Dante Moore, and Jamorian Miller. Um, I think there's a good blend of upside and some guys who are already pretty proven to that roster. So, yeah, I, I guess I don't know if one really stuck out to me, but I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with my squad. I think that, you know, I, I tend to fall in love with players and not really pay attention so much, especially for something like this, to ADP and where they're going and that kind of thing. Um, if I'm in an actual draft, I really do focus a little bit more on that because I try to take advantage of, of certain things. At least I try to eke out every little bit of value that I can. And so maybe a Dorian Singer isn't going to go at 208, um, even though that's where I'm fine taking him. But if, if he's going at 308, you don't need to take him at 208. You can take somebody else and then, you know, get that value. And so uh, while I'm happy with my squad, I know that it, it's probably, you know, it, it's probably not perfectly set up the way that it should be just because you can take advantage of, of other people and, and, you know, how they're drafting, how they feel about players as well. Fantastic. Uh, I will say my squad is lacking that truly elite wide receiver. I have some names on there that I'm excited about, like Brandon Enos. He actually was the first wide receiver I drafted, but I, I did get the only tight end in Brock Bauer, so I feel pretty good about that. Uh, and then Drake May at 103, I think, really set the tone for my team. I didn't feel like I had to try to reach for another quarterback the rest of the way. 
I think if I hadn't have gone May at 103, it would have been Quinn Ewers somewhere in the second round, uh, just to make sure that I got somebody who scouts whether they're right or wrong is still looking at as one of the next great NFL quarterbacks potentially, or at least spending a first round pick on him whenever he is actually eligible. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely learned a lot. I was doing my best to let you all kind of set the pace in terms of like, where are we going with the players that we're picking? Oh, there's a run on running backs. Uh, I was trying to wait for that run to start to kind of see where I needed to go into in terms of try to fill out the team. Did wait just a little too long on wide receiver, but I think overall I'm fairly happy with my team and the way it turned out. So I think we have gone at an hour, 20 minutes. Uh, we were promised four hours by John. So next... <laughs> Uh, two hours and 40 minutes. It's all yours, buddy. All right. So we're going to go ahead and dive into the Luther burden talk, uh, you know, with Aaron here. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll save that one for another pod. We've, we've uh, rambled and talked long enough. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get everybody out of here. Aaron, uh, I know we did this last week, but why don't you go ahead and, get, and tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you're doing, uh, where you're from and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, just in case anyone is, did not listen last week. Sure thing. And I do think that the Luther Burden talk, we might not be able to fit it in with the remaining time. So we're going to need in a lengthy time, set aside some other week for that talk for sure. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. But uh, again, like you said, um, I'm Aaron at Aaron Wilcox 86 on Twitter. You can always reach out um, to me there if you want to chat about anything Debbie, C2C, etc. I podcast with John at the Dynasty or Debbie Devotional as part of the Monocle um, series of podcasts. And I am just happy to be on with the full full tilt crew here. Uh, Excited you invited me back. I'm really excited I was able to actually be on one of the shows with you. Uh, Definitely getting to see the other things that John does because he kind of just disappears in between the week. He just shows up randomly on Wednesdays and it's like, all right, guys, let's do this. Haven't read the show sheet, so we'll see what's happening. Pulls up his database and we're good to go. Uh, So I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to kind of get to see this other part kind of where... uh, the Devi community has gone because really my major exposure to it is John and Andy every week, uh, kind of filling me in, slowly bringing me up to speed. Uh, I think I'm still in the uh, school zone where you can only go 15 miles an hour through there. You've got the flashing lights and stuff, a uh, bunch of student drivers who don't know what they're doing. So I'm really taking it slow right now. Very cautious. Uh, and we'll slowly get out to uh, full speed uh, as we go into year two of the full tilt Devi podcast. I can't believe it's already been a year. Wow. Um, but fantastic. Uh, any final thoughts as we close the show down? Last chance to get it out before we're back again next week. Same time every Wednesday night. No, I, I think that you know you, you don't give yourself enough credit. You might not have the true Debbie knowledge, but I do believe that you know college football very well, and including players and everything. Um, you know, it might just be getting into an actual Debbie league and and taking advantage of it that way. You know, because it just being in a league and playing is going to change everything, just like it was with me. I was in the same situation a, a year ago, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, where I was hosting a pod. I was I knew the players. I, I just you know, you, you don't know exactly what's going on until you actually play it, learn it, you know, earn it, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, other than that, it's just get Luther Burden out of your top three. 
he was not a top three wide receiver. Um, go look at what he did. Go look at what Dominic Lovett did on the same exact team. Doubled him up, tripled him up. Get Luther Burden out of your top three, out of your top five, out of your top ten. He's not a top ten wide receiver. I don't think he ended up being a top ten wide receiver in our draft. He sounds like he's a top three wide receiver for you, like Anthony Richardson is a top three quarterback for you. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Aaron, any final thoughts? No, no. Luther Burden discussion will be wild, so stay tuned for that this offseason. <laughs> Gosh. I, I am glad that there is another polarizing figure for us to make uh, fun of for other people's takes on. Uh, will Levis, you will be truly, truly missed on this show uh, in being able to talk about you and why we are so confused that you will end up being a first-round pick. Uh, best of luck to you. But we're just baffled. So I'm going to go ahead and close it out. Thank you all so much for listening, for watching. You can find us, all of our content at our YouTube page, Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. We have shows Monday, or not Monday, dear Lord, I can't even think. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and whenever the walkabout comes back sometime after the Super Bowl, we will have shows Friday nights too. We have our Devi recap every Tuesday morning. Uh, during regular season, we have a weekly recap show, too, that goes out Monday morning. So we have you covered almost every single day of the week, plus all of our other small content that we put out, our clips, our shorts, all that fun jazz. So make sure you are going over to our YouTube page. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe. And we have a lot of exciting news coming your way in terms of incentives and giveaways for our loyal listeners, our subscribers, the people who are helping us grow at an extraordinary rate. So definitely stay tuned, hit that bell, uh, see whenever we come on and be on the lookout for some news coming up in the next couple of weeks about that. Thank you all so much for giving us an hour and a half of your time on this Wednesday night. Thank you, John. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Andy, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with you. Uh, definitely always on our mind. So uh, yeah, just just make sure you still think of Andy and his family. Uh, well, on a happier note, First season's down. So excited for a second season. And we will now close it out. So everybody have a great night. Till next time.